can't come in here. You can't it's come wrong. in here with a background like that. We just got to hit record right now. Yeah, on we do. This is the Five on Five podcast presented to you by Nukes Hot Sauce and directmusicservice.com. Directmusicservice.com. Use promo code five on five. Save you some money over there. We're going to get Listen, right into it. Listen, there's a lot it. of new DJs out there, though, real quick. There's a lot there's of new a- DJs out there that, that need to go ahead and, and hit, hit that promo code. Let them know. All right, cool. Yeah, go ahead and hit that promo code five on five. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Phenom, coming to you live from sunny, tropical Portland, Oregon, down the street from me. The man, the myth, the legend, Jupiter Williams. Down the street from him in the belly of the beast, Nick Lopez in sunny Las Vegas. The fresh Caesar. And our special guest, our very special guest today. I'm so happy to have this dude on this podcast. I DJed with him eons ago, back when he had a mustache. There's no mustache anymore. Oh, this is a recent development. I had a mustache for like 10 years, and just recently I was like, I don't know, I just shaved it off just to see what it was like. Oh, (laughs) I love it. If you recognize that voice, you probably do. You know him from Mad Decent. You know him from Drake Knight. You know him from so many different things, ARD, all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, the meme king, the master himself, Dirty South Joe. Oh, how the fuck are you, dude? I'm good. Like I, you know, I was saying, I'm here in my in my in my kitchen in my relatively like new loft like crib that I've been living in for like probably about the last like six months or so. But basically, that's just been like the bulk of like my last year is just like relocating and just like I don't know decorating my home and whatnot i got now, a dog when you made break, that move break up uh went through one of those like you know post-covid breakups got a dog got a puppy just living life love that shaving shaving doing all kinds of crazy <laughs> yeah before we get into it this is an episode you're going to want to watch on youtube yeah you're going to need to see this one on youtube for the background and yeah. for the so when you go on to youtube session. go ahead and hit the like subscribe and ding the bell every time you notify to when we drop a video all that it's just that easy it is uh joe when you made the move did you get to that point where you're like toss everything get it out of here i'm tired of boxing shit up i'm over it um well furniture wise yeah because yeah. i like, lived in like a smaller space and all my furniture in the new place like looked stupid so i just didn't i just got all new furniture when i moved in but then i also had like a bunch of like you see this like this mural behind me and stuff like i have a whole lot of like anime like wall scrolls and posters and stuff because i was doing like an anime night like a party uh mm-hmm. last year and and then i just got more and more and i was like i don't know my place to sort of i got like probably like 200 anime figures in here it just like started to turn into like this weird little museum kind of spot and i got a bunch of i also like bought like a papa shot game and like a skee-ball machine and a, and a uh and a foosball table and a this place sounds hella fun. Yeah. <laughs> size, like Shaq NBA Jam. And like, I don't know, you know, I just turned my place into like this kind of like in case we have another pandemic, I'm just like, I'm good. I got my, my my home game room. Just invite a few people over, mask up, let's party. Dude, Joe's yeah. Funhouse. I love that. Man, I, love I feel that. like we have to go DJ over there or something. Yeah, man. that's you gotta you gotta live stream in that. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you did bring it up though. Uh, you threw the otaku party. I did, yeah. Which, which is the uh, is a party dedicated to the opening and closing music from anime TV shows. At one hundred percent, which Absolutely. is amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of crazy because if you really, really like take it back in the states, like rock music is like completely irrelevant and has been for like probably since 
the 90s or like even maybe early 2000s i don't know what the last wave of just like whatever anything with like guitars and stuff just hasn't been like yo nickelback is still here though man huh i said nickelback is still here yeah yeah exactly 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 (laughs) like what are like the two big bands in the last few years it's be like imagine dragons and and some 21 pilots or some shit you know yeah like just (laughs) terrible 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 shit and coldplay like that's just that's just bad but like in japan like (laughs) i feel like uh guitar bass not necessarily just guitar bass but like like good rock music like thrives and lives especially in like anime music and especially in like the openings and stuff and i don't know it's just epic great music and you know i also have like emotional connections to lots of it when it's related to certain animes that i love and and so we're just it's kind of been like a a long slow fight but we're trying to just like because you can't really reach out to your general regular like music crowds to find this crowd that's really into this like who really wants to party this music and if i feel like eventually like it's gonna have like a sort of like a emo night kind of a vibe you know like an effect of like basically people singing along the things in japanese that they don't even know the words for because they did but they just know how it sounds you know what i mean because yeah because if you are into anime then you probably have like 50 openings that you personally like fuck with you know what i mean like mm. just, just like off the bat but there's just no no outlet whatsoever for this music in the states plus i want to build this brand up to the point where a lot of these bands can like tour the states under like under my umbrella you know of the right. umbrella mm. like that's kind of like also the plan because as of right now uh yeah that just doesn't go down they don't mm. really like not a lot of these bands are like touring the states at all so joe let me ask you this Top top five anime movies. Anime movies? Yeah. Or shows. Let's go. Let's go to shows. shows? Oh, I can give you shows. Easy. I mean, number one is One Piece. Number two is Gintama. Number three is I would say Hunter Hunter. Number four is Dragon Ball Z. And number five is Yu Yu Hakusho, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I Ooh, love that easy. I love Hunter Hunter over Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just like so I recently like picked up the manga from the point where the anime ended, you know, and the manga is like still like it has these long pauses because the author Togashi is just like he's always got this kind of like really bad, like I don't know, sort of stomach sickness or something. So basically yeah. he'll go like years on hiatuses and stuff, but he just dropped like a bunch of new chapters at the end of last year. And so I caught up to the to the manga and I realized like I didn't even read the manga for like the parts up through the anime that I watched, but like, yo, it is so it's on like 50, yeah. like 3D chess. There's like crazy levels of shit going on with that that just made it like way more advanced than like the simple little story that I thought it was. But uh, yeah, that's definitely, it's up there. Hell yeah. I would what definitely is, be interested in checking what out. What about you guys? What, what are you, what are some of your favorite animes? Neek, Neek is our resident Neek, anime Neek is guy. our anime guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right now I'm really into, I mean, overall, like, I think Dragon Ball is still up there for me. I know it's like storytelling wise is very basic and just, it's just guys beating the shit out of each other. It's just Street Fighter. Yeah, it's not, it's really not that deep, but, um, I really yeah, like. Yeah, it is. It's just like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, I, I really think like Dragon Ball with like the, 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 the relationship between life and death in Dragon Ball and like God's and gods of gods and like all of that kind of stuff is really really actually like hella deep it's really yeah 
it's kind of i forgot what it's based on the um with the monkey king and all that stuff yeah, yeah. uh sun wukong yes um and then i'm really into um i think inuyasha might be one of my favorites inuyasha, of man that, i love that show. samurai champloo um death note all is okay. definitely mm-hmm. in my top five um and I'm gonna go ahead and put Attack on Titan. That's in there. what I'm about to say. Attack, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Attack, on, Attack on Titan is definitely in my top ten for sure. Yeah, Nick, you put me onto Attack. Like that's it's easy to get hooked on that. Easy. It really it is kind of it's kind of got a it's got a little bit of a bigger than you know anime kind of like a popularity yeah. to it. You know, I think that's what I like about it is it's really um it's not so much like based in Japan, like most things like it has, it's very international. Yeah. It, uh, it's political. Like it's, it's, a, it's a big setting. It's a, it's, it's a like, global if you, setting. Like, if you have friends that like horror movies or monster, or just like psychological, like fucked up shit, you know, it's a good thing to like recommend to people mm-hmm. outside of like what, you know, they would normally expect, especially in the first mm-hmm. episode where you see somebody's like some monster eat somebody's mom and then you're like oh that's it this is this is terrible. right <laughs> i was like i'm in after yeah. that i was like yeah let's go yeah <laughs> and then, exactly that's kind of the moment where everybody's like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. and also like top theme song probably yeah yeah For the sure. change the changing theme song too it changes yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone well, I mean, the last one the straight metal like the rumbling that was like the last like the last op was yeah fucking the energy was insane it was like horse screaming and just like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's like an early slipknot song like it's so yeah yeah. it is that's a a good description of it but yeah that shit was heavy as hell (laughs) uh give us your top three anime opening songs of all time whoa Okay, just for sentimental reasons and just because it's like the one OP that like lived for the whole entirety of the show is like Departure from Hunter Hunter. Um, that shit is awesome. Uh, Jesus Christ, this is tough. Oh, uh, Asian Kung Fu Generation, uh, this band, they have a song Riri from Erased. That's like, that's in there. And uh Oh, and, and and I guess we are the first One Piece OP. Mm. Oh yeah, the very, very first one that like sort of like all, as the years go by, just like it pops back up here and there, just like in little like background melodies and stuff, and just mm. like take back to being like you know a show that's got like probably like I don't know how many OPs through the years, but still like the first one is like kind of the best. Mm. So, yeah, I think those three. Neek, resident. <laughs> uh original the original japanese dragon ball z okay mm. um it's just actually i think it might be the what the chala hechala yeah chala, I, I was gonna say chala hechala but i think i like the closing credits better um and then obviously the most recent um attack and then easily um Fucking oh my god! Uh, Samurai Champloo, the fat, fat John beats. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like that whole soundtrack is just fresh. Yeah, and what's his name? New Jabez. New Jabez and Fat John are all yeah. over mm. those, and those are just that's the shit that I think might have really got me in. Like Adult Swim might have been what really got me into anime. Samurai Champloo is kind of like it's kind of like the hip hop anime crossover. Too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Hmm. A lot of like Wu-Tang references, uh, a lot of breaking in the fighting, a lot of like you'll see like graffiti in the background. Like that's definitely my favorite for sure. Do you think that'd be a good entry point for DJs and stuff looking to get into anime? Yep. Yeah. I would say so. It's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Mm. Well, I do want to talk more things than just anime. We don't do only that around here. Uh, (laughs) Every week we compare two artists head to head, their top five songs as viewed most popular on Spotify. Uh, As you know, friend of the pod, Low B was on uh, a couple months ago and I consulted him. I said, what would you like to see Joe take on for this five on five podcast? So gentlemen, we're kind of stepping outside of the box today. as per Lobezy, we have Hypnotized Minds versus Swisha House. Ooh. Okay. I'm so, going to need to do some referencing. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be. I love this. Labels. I love that we're doing Label. labels. Yeah. yeah, this is dope. Yeah, it's going to get a little bit loose today, <clears throat> but uh, I think you guys will know every song. Um, Number one from Hypnotized Minds, we have Stay Fly, obviously Three Six Mafia. Mm-hmm. You, know, you gotta versus... go with the Oscar winner first, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta yeah. go off the top. Yeah. Versus uh, Swisher House, Mike Jones, still tipping. Oh. Uh, we'll start with Joe. You have the honors. Uh. Fuck. It's like, I wanted to say that Stay Fly was kind of low-key the bigger song of the two but also i think that still tipping was kind of like still tipping was huge completely like sort of like a column a pillar of a movement that was Mm. just being introduced to everybody as far as like houston like chopping screw music and just like that houston sound like still tipping was kind of on like a watershed moment whereas stay fly was kind of like the high point of like lots of high points you know Mm. Mm. So I still got to give it to Stay Fly. Okay. Uh, let's pass to Trav. What do you got? Stay Fly, MJG's verse is my favorite verse on that song. Mm, okay. Yeah. Neek. Uh, I'm going with Still Tipping just because that put me into a phase. Okay. <laughs> you went down the rabbit hole? Yep. You went down the Swisher House rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Started drinking some lean. Yeah, that was, that was a whole different era. <laughs> Nico, Nico 5,000 watts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. In that era, there was like, there was lots of like, not just like proper albums, but like lots of mixtapes and stuff yep. were all in that era that was coming from there. Yeah. Like Michael Watts and everything that was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel that. Hip Hop Bloghouse. Yeah, 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 just right before, right mm-hmm. before, man. Um, the thing with that too is it's a lot of freestyle cuts, so it's like a yeah. one minute freestyle from like Slim Thug, and mm-hmm. you're like, This is one of the greatest Swish a House tracks ever, and you're like, <laughs> It's a minute, one verse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, round two, gentlemen, Project Pat with Chicken Head mm. or Paul Wall with Sitting Sideways. Let's start with Joe again. Oh, mm. uh, man. Uh, I think. What am I? What am I? What are you asking me now? Which is my favorite, or which one do I think is like? Which is your favorite? Yeah. My favorite? Oh, it's definitely like, uh, Chicken Head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, yeah. Neek. Yeah. I'm going Paul Wall on this. I hate this. I'm having a hard time. Yeah, I am too, man. <laughs> After I say this, I'm like, did I just say that's disrespectful to the other one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trav, which way are you going? Tiebreaker. I mean, shit. I like, I like Chicken Head, and I also like the, the Cardi B version, Bicken Head too. Um, <laughs> Paul Wall. Okay. Paul Wall. All right. Okay. I don't feel good uh, about it. It's nah. almost easier to not explain yourself. Just yeah, say yeah, it. yeah. I started yeah. not to feel good about it as soon yeah. as I explained it. Yeah. Uh, round three, gentlemen. Slob on my knob, <laughs> or we'll see. Drank up in my cup. We can ah. start with. You want to start, Trav? Go ahead. Slob. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe. Slob on my knob, like slob on my cup. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a sweep for That's that. That's a sweep. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, round four, sipping on some syrup or Mike Jones back then. I'll let whoever start off. Sipping. Okay. Trav? Yeah. Oh. Joe? Go sipping. ahead, Joe. Sipping. sipping. Yeah. Okay. I'll be the contrarian. I'll go Mike Jones. Mike Jones? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, round five, uh, rest in peace, gangsta boo, mask to yeah. my face. Or swish a house cutting. I gotta look this oh, one. Gangsta Boo. Gangsta okay. Boo. R.I.P. Yeah, same. Gangsta Boo as well. Yeah. Okay. I gotta look up Swish a House Cutting. It's all of these. This is uh This was hard, man. This pause, but thank you. It's not easy. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean both are both everything mentioned. Pretty much still goes off in the club. Exactly. You could drop that like anytime. Gangsta Boo. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So that wasn't totally one sided, but yeah. It, it wasn't, but that was tough though. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Let's, totally one sided and it wasn't a sweep, but it wasn't like none of these choices were fucking easy. Yeah. No. I didn't no. feel good about any of the picks that I picked. No, no. Yeah. You'll think about that later. Oh, yeah. Each one represents like the biggest movement of a city at the time, you know, that was mm-hmm. like major major in music from like you know 2003 on so it's just like it's kind of like it's really hard to pick yeah it's fucking tough man uh i do want to do a lightning round with you here we're going to give you uh 10 questions it's a this or a that one artist stays the other is deleted out of your serato and out of your brain until Uh the end of time all right starting with trina or meg the stallion oh megan gotta go okay uh faith evans or mary j oh faith evans gotta go okay uh let's go shaba or Supercat. Supercat gotta go okay uh paul waller mike jones mike jones gotta go okay <laughs> uh let's go with diddy or jermaine dupree jermaine dupree gotta go okay Jay-Z or Future? See you. Bye-bye, Jay-Z. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go with Method Man or Red Man. Uh, this is tough. Uh, because of the uh, some of the acting skills, I'm going to give it Red Man got to go. <laughs> Okay. Okay. 
Cool. I mean, Method Man was what? Cheese on the wire? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you are on the wire, then like, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, what were you doing at that period of time, you know? That counts. That counts. Uh, clips or Mob Deep? Uh, I guess my, my clips got to go because Pusha T is so mean to Drake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steely Dan or Gangstar? Oh, what a weird question. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep Gangstar because they can always just like sample Steely Dan, right? Okay, okay. Well, Steely Dan's deleted. Yeah, they're gone out of existence. That just didn't happen. That's fine. I'm not like <laughs> not that old. It's not going to affect me that much. <laughs> Drake or Dr. Dre? Uh, bye bye, Dr. Dre. Okay. Sade or Aaliyah? Damn, that's the hardest one of the day. Um, all right, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to take a nap on that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our episode for the day, y'all. Um, <laughs> Damn. Uh oh, man. Come on. Are you, you going to ask me a question like this? All right. <laughs> this is, maybe this is heresy or something. I don't know. Shadi got to go. Okay. It's, it's neither one is easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Uh, Missy or Busta? Busta got to go. Okay. Hey, also, Missy is going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So We're going to talk about that for yeah. sure. Yeah, we definitely got to talk about that. Well overdue. Missy had, Missy had that stretch. She had, she had so many summers on Smash. Her lead mm-hmm. single from her new album, Every Time, would literally like change the sound of the radio. Every, yeah. single, every single time she would drop a new album for like, I don't know, like four years straight. It was right, amazing. and not to mention all the stuff that she was doing behind the scenes too that was dropping. Exactly. Mm. And Busta Rhymes is to me like the most, way, like, Oh man, I hate it when he does like boom back. Like he didn't he, like when he does this like nowadays. Like I feel like Buster Rhymes like could be like killing it if he would just go on his like fast tongue twisted or even like bacon styles or something. Like do something mm-hmm. like that like all the time and stop rapping over boom bat beats because that shit is so stale. And then like <laughs> so like futuristic and cool sometimes. And then it's just like, but then he always like fail. The fail safe is to just make this like you talking about that last album that he put out. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that was really, really like. Was it ELE 2? Oh, was it Bugsy and whatever? Don't Rush? Remember that remix? Yeah. 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 You played song. Like, he, he killed that in that, like, Jamaican style. And obviously, you can go back to, like, Look at Me Now when it was just like, that was one of the illest verses of those, like, right. three or four or five years. And when that came out, you know, that verse from, from the Chris Brown song. Yep. Just, like, there's all this potential still there with Busta and then, like, he just doesn't fulfill it because he just makes like that boring ass album that was terrible. And that <laughs> album, that album was tough too because it was, it it was all throwaway songs. Yeah, exactly. It was old ten ten year old songs. <laughs> and me and the gang when we were on the art podcast, I was just like, I don't know, from just some of the little features and stuff, I was just like predicting some awesome Buster Rhymes like, you know, groundbreaking comeback, you know, making this interesting music. And then I got that, and I was like, "Man, I could never been more off than than what I was predicting there." Hey, look over that song. Look over your shoulder, man. Did not work. Yeah, yeah. You know what song I'm talking about? None of it. None of that. (laughs) None of that. He had that track with um, 
with Anderson Pack. He was on the remix of that. Oh, that's right. And and he went back to spitting fast. Yep. And then was like, "Oh, y'all like this? Never mind." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying. Like everything of his that's been hitting over the last few years at all has been him doing something completely left field, fast, weird. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, like you can't just go back and make like exactly shit right now, bro. Look, I, I wish... just need Buster Rhymes to put out that cartoon, man, and just narrate a cartoon about the history of his history <laughs> and all the stories that he went through. I once uh, I remember having my camera out at Webster Hall one night when uh, OT Genesis was performing, and you know he was like Buster Rhymes' artist. You know we were doing this we were doing this weekly at called House Party mm. and um, at at Webster Hall, and the one night that uh, on the main stage on uh, you know, it was like, it was like Just Blaze and uh, DJ Soul were like the, the DJs for that, for that floor. But anyway, I was there that night that, do you guys remember when, when Busta Rhymes just like, just straight up like head dove, like just kind of like <laughs> fell over into the crowd? Yes. I was sitting there filming that. I wish I still had that footage, but yeah. I remember like, when that happened. It was a wild night. He really hit his noggin pretty hard, but it was yeah. just like, just like, I don't know if you didn't realize like, how big he was he just like shifted his leg <laughs> just went down it wasn't no like trying to stage dive or anything it was just like just a weird nose diving accident I mean it was just, I don't know Buster's I don't know why I'm laughing huge. about it but <laughs> it's almost like when it's like snowing about snowing outside you know what I mean and it's icy you, know? you, kind of like, you, have license, you have license to laugh at everybody when they fall because you know they're gonna fall too and yeah to, it's like a pass it forward thing you hope somebody's laughing as long as nobody's getting a concussion or something you know yeah i think he got concussed but anyway i'm i don't know buster buster's huge buster's just a monster of a man he's a big dude but he's not tall right i think he's like under six foot i think it was like he's he's got he was like boob heavy that night i don't know what i think buster he's six one he's six 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 one one. i gotta look it up I was like, I'm, I think he's pretty tall. He's a big guy. Well, he yeah. went, he got jacked. Yeah. And then he got fat. Yeah. Yeah. Because he stopped working out. Yeah. Him wow. and Timbo. Timbo got Timbo. fucking jacked for no reason. Just to sit in the studio. But he stays jacked. He <laughs> yeah. Stays jacked. Yeah. He also yeah. stays drinking a jug of some weird liquids all the time in the studio, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't see a picture of Timbo without like some giant like jug of like, I don't know. Yeah. He's just a strange dude. Timbo's a strange dude, man. He's like he's been there for every big hit, but also it's like, why are you so jacked? <laughs> like, Yo, I, you I think it's so that he can get into like arm wrestling kind of things with like Dr. Dre and stuff because they're both kind of like the super producers from East yeah. Coast and they're like super jacked. Yeah, Dre's jacked too. Dre's billionaire jacked. He's yeah. like, oh, I'll fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for no reason at all. I looked up how tall Buster Rhymes was, and I got a bunch of heights for different rappers. Run okay. it. Go ahead. Uh, Method Man is six three. Okay. LL That's Cool J is six two. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. LL Cool J. I've never met him, but he's one of those guys I always thought was probably like five eight, but they just always made him look like he was tall. Right. <laughs> Ja Rule is 5'9". Okay. Uh, DMX was 5'11". Okay. Jay-Z is 6'2". Mm-hmm. Redman is 6'1". Mm. Nas is 5'8". Biggie was 6'3". Whoa. What? 
Whoa. What? Biggie was 6'3". Weird. I Uh, never imagined he was that tall. Damn, I didn't think he was that tall. I was like 5'8". Best. 5'8". 5'9". I would have gone That's a tall motherfucker. You know what? Now I'm thinking about Biggie bars, and he said how in one of his bars, he said he wears size 13. He's a a fucking tall guy. He's a tall dude. I wear size 13. I'm only 6 foot, though. Yeah. Ain't no biggie. Well, you got fucking no clown biggie. feet. No biggie, man. <laughs> who's who's the tallest? Slim thug, right? Six seven or two chains? Six seven, probably. Oh, definitely two chains. He's yeah, it's got to be. be chains. He's tall. He's like NBA tall. Oh, what's a, how tall is game? Is he tall? Yeah, game, game's not game, tall, is he? Yeah, game game was. Um, I met game the went game. to Washington State. Six four. Oh. Yeah, game played at Washington State before he got kicked out. What about uh, Master P. J. Cole is 6'2. Master P is 6'4. 2023. We haven't heard much about J. Cole's basketball career yet this year yet. That's right. He was hooping for a little bit overseas. Yeah. 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 Well, J. Cole, J. Cole's searching YouTube, finding new beats now. Oh, that's true. I like that song though. Yeah. It's good. It's I, like good. It. I don't hate it. I also like the idea of going on SoundCloud and typing J. Colt or YouTube yeah. J. Cole type beat. Type and beat. Just like picking one and then blessing the producer. That's like. Right. It's about time that an artist does that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and like, the funny thing is, it's like, that's such a like popular thing, but now it's just like, now I go even harder with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, make a type beat for everybody. Yeah. What's the royalties on that when you shoot first and you're like, oh, by the way, thanks for the track. Like, how do you like send that contract? I think it's just SoundCloud plays. And then, you know, from figured out for that, unless like the label gets in touch with them or something. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I think all he did was basically just put out the link to that person's. Right. Right. Yeah, I think so, too. That's tight. Uh, Last two questions for the lightning round, and then we're going to get into some history. I forgot we were uh, doing the lightning round. We're still Never just barely lightning in anymore. It. We're still in it. <laughs> lightning, lightning strikes twice. Uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? Prince. And last but not least, Outcast or Hall and Oates? Outcast. Okay. Easy That's enough. Easy. Easy <laughs> enough. So we talked about it a little bit, and um, I think I met you – during mad decent block party era and that's what i met you too joe and you met travis too yeah yeah yes. back in 2005 um someone asked uh i mean 2015 sorry 15 yeah i, was I say 2005 I i'm tripping 2015 we posted up to ask questions uh for joe trill scott said what was your favorite mad decent block party memory mm. good question trill Oh man, um, I guess it was probably the second Mad Decent block party, which was the one which was actually like on. It was an actual block party on on Twelfth Street mm. in Twelfth uh, and Spring Garden, where we. Because after that, the next time, because we, you know, this is the thing where like when we first did the block parties, the the Mad uh, Diplo's like studio, the Mad Decent Mausoleum was like right there. And so mm. block party basically took place on that block. And so we basically went around with like a petition you get from city hall that you pay like $15 for, and you got to get three quarters of the neighbors to just basically sign off and say, it's okay. So we were just going door to door to get people to sign off on that. And then we did a second year. And then the third year when they went in, 
trying to, we went in trying to get the permit. They were like, man, you've had like Converse and Pepsi and all this stuff. Like this ain't no block party. Uh. Can't, can't just do this for $15. So they just basically like, you know, then it started moving to actual proper venues after that. But the second year there was like, I was um, at the time I was like, well, managing both like the brick bandits and also like meaning like at that time, like DJ Tamil and rest in peace, Tim Dalla. Mm. Um, and also like DJ Sega. And we've been working really hard to push DJ Sega, you know, as just like the voice of like, you know, Philly club music and stuff and like the, well, the face of it, you know, and mm. uh, his EPs on like, you know, Mad Decent and Holotronics and remixes and stuff. And he was, it was just, he had just like one, just like his, his, his set that, that day uh, with Tim Dollar on the mic. It was just one of those things where it just felt like it just like changed the world. Like it was just like the whole city was just sort of galvanized. Everybody was going crazy to mm. club music and going super hard. And there were just like people, people just like in every window looking out and stuff. It was just, it was just epic. I don't know. That was just mm. like, that was a really, really awesome moment where I felt like we just kind of, we had it's like something amazing going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Did anyone have the foresight to record those from that time, or is it just kind of out there? Um, that's a good question. Good question. I think there was. <laughs> I think there were people. You know, for all I know, shit, Fader might have been out there that day and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is the second one, you know, and it's obviously mm-hmm. like low and stuff. So there were definitely a lot of people that came down from New York, New York, um, for this. So I imagine that there is. Oh, and also uh, System D one twenty eight uh, Dewey. Dewey, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that Dewey filmed a lot of it too, but like, mm. I need love, a doc. I'd love, yeah, for sure. I'd love to see just like footage of that, uh, of that, especially that, that Sega and Tim Dalla. Um, I do believe though, and honestly, like general consensus though, if you really like heads that know the very first Mad Decent Block Party, the one, the first one, the year before that, I think I had the best set that day. But that's just. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But but like that next year, man, Sega, Sega definitely took it. And then Tim Dollar was on the mic and he just had everybody going super crazy and it was cool. I know when I, when I went with Riff that we did have somebody filming and um, I lost touch with that dude. So I don't even know if Riff even talks to him anymore. I know that uh, his, uh, Riff's tour manager, Michael Clack, doesn't even talk to that guy anymore. So mm. I know somebody was filming when I was there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Was that that, Joe, was that the moment when you realized that Philly was kind of at the forefront for this this blog era sound and everything? Uh, well, not specifically that moment. I kind of just saw that coming, like, from the moment I moved here. I moved yeah. to Philly from New York in, like, late 2002. And then early 2003, I started running the store Armand's, which is where all the DJs were like shopping and stuff. And so I was like managing and doing the buying from there. And you could just sort of like, I mean, everything from like, you know, just like the the way the like club music scene was and what they were doing with like um, Holotronics, putting all this different stuff together. And then you had this guy, uh, you had Dave P and like, making time where they're booking like all like like uh the rapture and all those type of bands like before they were really really popular and stuff so you just had all these like kind of waves going on in philly that were just 
super like popular and super DIY at the same mm. time. Mm. And I think, you, you, I don't know, you could, you, could, you could tell back then, but by the time we were around to the second block party, I felt like we kind of already had like the whole world on Smash a little bit. It was a holler board had been going for years and stuff. And it was kind of like a hub for like, basically like you would have like, you know, internet places where if you were into a specific type of music, like this is where you go, you know, but then you had Holotronics where it's just like doing all kinds of shit. This is where you go. This is the marketplace of all kinds of different mm. musical ideas. Mm. And I think by that point, like Philly had kind of established itself as the epicenter of that. So Yeah. It seemed like there point, was so much more music coming out of Philly. What's that? It seemed like there was so much more music coming out of Philly in comparison to obviously you had LA and you had New York and Chicago had a scene with cool kids and <clears throat> that kind yeah, of vibe. Atlanta was coming up. There, Yeah, there was just, it seemed like everyone was looking to Baltimore and Philly mm-hmm. at that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to talk about Fader Fort as well and that South by Southwest with Brick Bandits because I think that was kind of a game changer too. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty amazing because at that point we were bringing together like three factions of brick bandits and this was all just like you know six seven people traveling in a car to get there coming from three different places but we had like our you know we had obviously like the original OG brick bandits from you know Newark with Mike D and Tim Dalla and Tamil and then we also had like the Philly you know the Philly uh chapter which was like me and sega dj yamin um and then we had chicago brick bandits which were also this like group called ghetto division and that was uh rob threesy and charlie glitch and mm. rampage these guys mm. like uh mad jazz yeah and we just like we're all it was it was cool because because uh, brick bandits was like uh you know we were just like kind of unifying club music through these different places and trying to like big it up on a global scale but at the same time it was almost like a like an after school like uh oh, like a chess club like after school chess club yeah 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 no no exactly because like especially in newark like literally like meetings would be like 30 40 producers and aspiring producers meeting at Mike V's house and just like this one person and like passing like drum kits along to the next one and giving them like teaching them how to use like fruity loops and stuff and every it was just like a like kind of like a factory you know of just like mm. you know new ideas and stuff so it was cool it was a cool time sure do you foresee the blog movement ever coming back where people want to hear from individual people like their tastes and stuff yeah, once uh, I don't know, TikTok collapses or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I think like we're just sort of uh, we're past the point where like the way we used to consume things, like it's just it's it's just completely, it's just you know it's compartmentalized yeah. so much differently these days that I don't think that anything, I don't think any of the the past movements are gonna like come back around in quite the same way as yeah. or maybe i mean maybe yeah. maybe there's like a, a a different evolution of that but yeah. like like what i don't think a, i don't think blogs will ever really be like 
what they were because people mm-hmm. don't have like those type of attention spans. But mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how just like not there's like not a lot of like unified internet forces of music that really have like uh, deliberate like influence or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything is just very, 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 very scattered. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of stay in your own little bubble wherever you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Really? And people tend to because they don't know any better, you know? Mm-hmm. You but, do it by accident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was just telling somebody the other day, like, uh, I don't really play like top 40 hip hop and R&B in my sets. And so I was like, where do you even hear that stuff? Like, I'll go to the club and hear my friends play. And I'm like, I've never heard this song in my life. And it's popping. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not plugged into whatever. Used to be plugged in was just like. Turning on your car. Yeah. But I'm yeah, Plugged <laughs> in was like, here it is. Here's the main line. Yeah. You get plugged in and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Now you can be plugged into something, but there's like. It's like some fucking, you know, it's like a time travel. Now there's like all these different branches. Yeah. So it's just like, in order to be plugged into everything, you would have to A, clone yourself and have that clone be working 24 seven to be tapped into stuff and then have another clone basically filtering through that to get to the good stuff. And it's just like, it's a lot these days. There's just like way too, yeah, there's there's just way too many routes. With, With the accessibility, yeah too many options yeah exactly even just to stay up on atlanta rap you would just need to dedicate just a whole stream of just like that i'm just paying attention to what's going on down there yeah like like with how much uh it's getting put out from down there from uh even if you're just a little baby fan if you're like i'm just gonna follow a little baby and you're like i can't even stay on on top of everything coming up um Colin, I don't know about you, um, but with me, I'm finding myself mixing so many songs a lot faster lately, and just because of the attention span of people. Yeah, yeah, and and I think Joe, you can probably attest to this too. You have Drake night. You have a lot yeah. of shit that people want to hear from from albums and albums and albums. Now, are you playing? Um, adjacent stuff as well like collaborations and other stuff like that uh well the way it's uh you know i've been doing that for like started that party in 2014 and i just had one this past uh this past weekend and we we you know it's a five-hour night and to this point we all it's just like for the first like three hours of the night we're playing like everything in hip-hop under the sun that's like not great you know Mm -hmm. in rap that's like popular especially like like you know like what young people are kind of into more right. than anything <laughs> right. like, gorilla ice spice yeah 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 <laughs> yeah definitely like it you know the the an oldie is like hard in the paint you know what i mean or finito yeah. or something those are like old songs you know what i mean like, yeah but um and then we do like two hours just like a two-hour block of of, of drake but one, one thing i really recent we, we this last one we did it uh we actually expanded it to be three hours of drake just because when i started the party in 2014 it was two hours and now mm-hmm. it's like 10 albums later like mm-hmm. you know what i mean he's just got so much music so it's just kind of a feel thing it's just like just kind of like whatever 
it's provocative whatever gets the people going yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously like when there's a new record you know like her loss and stuff like yeah. you're gonna play a lot of the new cuts on the new record yeah and then you're gonna you know you, you know you're gonna drop certain standards and you want to get and, and also like having three hours is cool because you can get a little bit deeper you know with the catalog um so might stick with that format because just like i almost feel like with the two hours it's so easy to find two hours straight of like drake bangers and stuff that i feel like maybe uh maybe myself and, and dj heavenly my, my uh my co my dj partners like i feel like maybe not saying we were starting to get it was starting to get stale or anything like that but like it just feels like there's like just wasn't enough time to play all like Mm-hmm. Enough of his music to kind of get loose so with many it. big hits that are just like you have to play kind of you know yeah, yeah. and uh yeah it's a it's it's funny because talking to her the other night when I, we know she when we were talking about doing three hours I and mean, she was like oh, i don't want to like you know blow my load so to speak you know what i mean and yeah, like, yeah. You know, and, and then as we were going and it was actually kind of like more freeing to have yeah. that extra hour than it was to be compressed to the two hours and i think she found out like we both found like the flow was actually like low-key like easier so it's it i mean it's just a testament to the guy, fact that the guy is like made you know 35 mm-hmm. percent of the popular music of the last decade you know mm-hmm. right and right. it helps too that he has a he has a label too with yeah. a whole bunch of great artists because i did a I did a Drake night and it ended up being just like an OVO night. Right. And I'm just playing everybody off the label along, you know, along with like four hours of Drake. Yeah. When you yeah. add that third hour, are you, are you now sprinkling in album cuts or are you doing like the last hour is deeper? Or are um, you just reeling out the hits and then throwing the deeper cuts at the end? Or are you just like kind of sprinkling them? Throughout? I mean, even the deeper cuts have got to be hits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like the thing. Like, with, like even. Yeah, that's true. There's not really a deep cut Drake song. Like they're all. No, there's just there's just arrows. Like yeah. what, what I'm learning now is there's like a whole like there's Drake sets for certain like age groups too. You know, mm-hmm. I would say the average age of people at this party is probably like 20, 22, 23. It's like really young. So. So I kind of kind of have to like realize that a lot of the stuff Damn, that that's crazy. Was, it is a lot of the Drake music that was like popular to some people that would be like say in their 30s. Right. Is might might even, they might not even know it. Right. These guys, these kids were in like fifth grade, fourth grade, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you throw replacement girls in in there in that set? Oh, nah. No. Nah. Yeah, that's <laughs> way too old. No. Exactly. And never ever will. Because <laughs> yeah. what was Drake's first mixtape? The uh the one with the balloons. Right. Comeback season. And yeah, yeah, like any of us on that. Yeah, dude. I remember even I was listening to that. Like mm-hmm. you know? City is mine. Oh my god. He I had mean, like the little so brother long. drawn on there. Yeah. Maybe like maybe later that night, uh when exactly when yeah. his parents picked them up from the concert. So Maybe. okay, no listen to that in their car or something. But which album? Okay, which album do you start with? Oh, it's not. I mean, again, it's it's all like it's, 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 it's usually most of the time when there's a new album, you know, start with something from the album. Yeah. Um. I mean, this last this last night, like the last song we played that wasn't Drake was obviously Lil Uzi. I want to, you know, I just want to rock mm-hmm. and. 
because that's like the biggest song in the city. And, right. Yeah. It's a big song. Uh, and it's a big song. Right so like, and so, so I mixed directly from that into Sticky to just like mm-hmm. start off with Drake, you know, because right. we were just in that in that club music group. But generally, it's kind of like it's it's usually related to like whatever the newest record is, whatever the newest hits are. Like it's super rare that we'd want to like. I, it was January. It was the first Drake night of the year. I low key did kind of want to play over, just because mm. there are way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. <laughs> almost like that's almost the same thing as that 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 you know that cringy friend that says like, you know, last time I'll see you all year, or this is the last shower I take this year. You yeah, know, see you next year on New, yeah. on New, on New Year's Eve. Like so, yeah. it was kind of like yeah. So it ended up being like sticky this time, but. Yeah, I don't know. It always it it always kind of like factors into whatever is I, you know. At the same time, like I was also low key thinking about starting that new like Popcon and Drake song too, right. just because mm. you know then you could just start the night off on like that 100 BPM mm-hmm. you know, island vibes, mm-hmm. and that's the best part about doing this party is like when you know when you talk about Drake's music, you have do you want you know Spanish Drake, Jamaican Drake, Toronto Drake? Do you want Houston Drake? Do you mm, want English right. Drake? Like you got all these different drakes that like and all these different types of music that he makes, which like you can't you can't really say that about too many other artists that have yeah. like so many hits and so many different styles. He's the best method do. actor. He's yeah. the absolute best method actor really that there's is. ever been. Sure. Like he he can chameleon into different scenes. Yeah. And I, I wanna ask this. Hypothetically speaking, when Drake goes out to Ibiza for two weeks and comes back with an album. Where does that fit in? And do you kind of change exactly your approach? Are you like, what the fuck? I mean, you could kind of go back to like, what? Hold on, we're going home. Yeah. That was kind of like a, that was a. And take care. Yeah, and take care. Like, you know, you had, you had those. Uh, he had passion for it. That guy can go no wrong, do no wrong, you know? It was like, that's why it was like, I thought it was really refreshing when, uh, when Honestly Nevermind came out. Yeah. Mm. And that was just like, you know, just like a dance album, you know, but yeah. it was like, but it was like this, nothing on the record sounded like anything currently in dance music. You mm-hmm. could, you know, you could, it was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was different, you know, but it was like, it made sense. Like, so he, here's my question circling back to last episode, you mixing in massive. Are you doing that? <laughs> Are you using massive yeah. in your sets at all? For sure. Like okay. when the well, when when the first, when the record first dropped. I mean, that was the thing. Is like that was like when that record first dropped. There was a couple of nights where towards the end of the night, it like it was honestly some unts unts that felt like you were in a completely different party, you know. But right. But then, like two months later, nah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not, like, <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. So, I know yeah. Like when it was brand new, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then once the dust settled a little bit, everybody was like, yeah. Yeah. All right, like, we heard it for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Sticky's always going to go off. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Massive was a, a, a great tune, a, a keeper, Massive. But like for the most part, like, oh, oh, the uh, Calling My Name. Calling my name. Oh my god, I that love that song. Go. That shit's still. It's too short for me. That's yeah. It. I wish yeah, it was yeah. longer. Oh, 
But then, like, if you got another dancey song to play after that, then that that's one of those songs that probably can stay in the catalog like yeah. forever. You know what I mean? Like in the in the repertoire. But the rest of the record, the more time goes on, the more people are like, "Nah, that's okay." Yeah. Is he uh is Drake due for a sen- uh, the Essentials album yet? Oh my god, which one? Like he should be due for like three three <laughs> volumes. <of> that shit. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like you can do an A side, B side, how long he's due, been. Drake is due for a uh, a four a.m. time life. Uh, you know, yeah, box set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Six yeah. payments of twelve ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> right a complete after, like, the, Drake right collection. After, like the, the the Shirley Temple movie video. Yeah, yeah. It's that and Girls Gone Wild. That's the only thing showing at that time. I don't even think Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild. The Shirley Temple box set, and then, followed um, by the Drake infomercial. Miss Cleo yeah, was on there too, though. My wife presents Drake. Yeah, yeah there you go. Decade yeah. by decade, you know, you end up getting like three decades worth of like, yeah, solid gold Drake. Yeah, yeah. solid gold Drake. Yep. <laughs> did See you the- notice? Uh, did you notice a lot of Philly and Baltimore sound in that? Honestly, never mind. Oh yeah, I mean, it was like it was completely that. I mean, if you notice, like one thing that's been amazing about like the what's going on with like club music now is like thanks to Drake doing Sticky. And Lil Uzi Vert, I just want to rock. And then you've got like artists like D4M Sloan, mm, give me Rare, more Jersey, Lay Banks, yeah, um, Bam Man Real from Jersey. But one thing I mentioned about the rest of these rappers that I'm mentioning, um, PGS Spence, Stu Brock, Rod, uh, the Philly Goats, like DJ Crazy, like all of these are Philly artists, and most of them are rappers. And everybody's just like writing songs and rapping and making like you know, actual rap and R&B songs over club stuff now. So it's like, it's it's moved on from being like this producer-driven thing to being an artist-driven thing. And 99% of these artists, with the, with the major exception of Bam Man Real from, from Newark, from Jersey, the rest of them, they're all from Philly. So all this like this movement and this wave of where club music is becoming more and more mainstream all the time of the, you know, the Baltimore, Jersey, like Philly club sound, it's all kind of being really popularized by Philly rappers. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, for, and it's a really like, with all like the, the dancing and everything, it's just like a really, really positive thing that a city like this really, you know, really, really needs. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. If, if you heard that Philly sound in the Drake album. Oh, yeah, yeah. But sure. the yeah. So, so that, you know, um, the head A&R on that album was, uh, was carnage right and you know right. he you know he he led him to that place to like you know and if you notice in the sticky video all the dancers that are in that video is all philly kids philly, yeah like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just like hey i'm drake it's 2022 i want to make a jersey club album it was i think i'm drake i noticed that people especially these philly rappers are going crazy on these jersey club beats or you know whatever philly club jersey club but the point is like that was i think the thing that like influenced him more than anything to get on that wave and i think that was what he was you know doing with like currents and especially sticky mm-hmm. was like i mean currents sounds like baltimore and sticky sounds like yeah. jersey but, yep. but it's like it's kind of weird like here's where here's where drake's like amazing like as just far as like having an ear as an artist is because to make a 
to be like this artist getting out of your like normal lane and making a dance music album, like it's so easy to make bad like EDM. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's no EDM about that record. It's all like kind of like underground sounds. Like right. it's all like there's no giant big like Swedish house mafia mm -hmm. kind of props and and kind of bombastic goofy shit like it's kind of like <laughs> in the pocket you know what i mean like, yeah yeah it's like it stays the only thing that was like strange to me was like i thought there would be like ukg vibes at some point on there you know mm -hmm. like, and again if you go back to like more life he kind of already did that you know mm -hmm. what I mean? yeah he did that already so, yeah yeah he already KMD, did the songs yeah. with like georgia smith and stuff like that you know mm -hmm. what i mean so it's like I kind of I would I wouldn't have been surprised if there's like one or two more songs on that record that kind of like were in that kind of like more of a UK style. But mm. nah, man, this record was strictly like Baltimore, Jersey, uh, Chicago house, and, and I, you know, I'm a piano like, too. I'm a, yes, there was yeah mm -hmm. that was on there too. So it's just like those they're more whole, like underground like, vibes, yeah. Like that, that whole OVO like like that that level of like refinement where there's not a single touch of a whole dance music album by the biggest artist in the world that has like any of that, like, like kind of like cartoonish EDM element to it is just, that's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Like mm -hmm. that, that, and, and also like Carnage is like a completely like huge in the world of like giant drops. Yeah. Big room trap music and stuff. So even for, all of those people to filter things down and mm -hmm. make it kind of a down and dirty dance music album. You know what I mean? Like that shit was really impressive to me. I thought that was like, that was one of the most interesting and refreshing things about it was not only does like it, you know, the sounds in that record, you know, it's not going to change the world or anything, but it was definitely like an expansion of like what those sounds were with a lot of like vocal stylings on there that, you know, you might not normally you know here you know mm -hmm. so I don't, I was, oh and actually also yeah i think it was missing a katronata beat too just one mm -hmm. like you know, yeah he probably could have had he probably could have had one cut with katronata on mm -hmm. there does like, drake have any know. songs with katronata nah you know yeah. that's the biggest mysteries in the world is how has that not happened because that's wild you would that think once katronata popped off that drake immediately would be like Right. Okay, it needs to be done because that's usually Maybe, how it goes. You know, I bet you there's some story of reaching out in the past and probably getting rejected or something. Like, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They have to know each other. They have to. 100%. Or at least, you know, yeah. I 100%. mean, it's Kate Trinata. Yeah. A couple years ago, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. But like, man, it's Kate Trinata. At this point, Kate Trinata's massive. Yeah. Like, he's not, yeah. he's not some underground, popular, best kept secret. And then on the level, like, like, you know, even. You could sort of say that going back five years ago too, you know? Yeah. Like you were still like the dude, you know, for, yeah. for like that sort of like uh, those vibes. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really surprised that they don't have like any any collaborations to If it happened now, would it be too late or would we all be stoked? I don't think it would be too late. I don't think it'd be too late at all. I think it actually everybody would be pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty damn stoked. Because there's I think way they, too many new DJs I think they out here. Now. Some, I, I don't think that they're it would it would ever see the light of day unless they cooked up some really, really good yeah. shit. You know? Yeah. Mm. There's yeah. so many new DJs out here that are doing that soul selection sound. You know that it's crazy to me that it hasn't gone, like it hasn't gotten played out yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, but I mean, like, 
you could, you could have worse influences than that that type of stuff. A hundred percent. A hundred. Like at least it's all like at least at least it's cool shit. Yeah. 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 It's uh, like a lot of yeah. people trying to trying to make cool shit. Like nothing wrong with that. Joe, have you considered running your own label before? I actually have two labels that have some music out, but like they're both kind of like on like a weird hiatus. I have this label called Old Head that I did with Matt Decent. So oh shit. Got, put out the Brick Bandit EP. We put out some Sega mixtapes and uh we this never released EP from this chick Miss Streams. Um, but we yeah, we put out the Brick Bandits vinyl and EP on Old Head. And then also have another label called Deluxe um that I put out a record from this Philly producer named Getum. Um and then um a couple other little things here and there, but both of those things have kind of been not functioning for the last years. Although I've talked to Matt Decent about bringing back, uh, bringing back Old Head at some point. Mm. Hell yeah! But as mm. of right now, like I just like I wouldn't kind of need to like kind of. I don't really have an artist in mind that I would really want to focus that around. You know what I mean? I don't want to have mm. a label. To have a label. I want to like expose something that's exciting and new to me that i'm just like not really coming across at the moment so mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. but you're st- you're still throwing parties actively and i f- feel like you definitely have your finger on the pulse to where you know so much fucking music point blank period it's like it's a no-brainer um yeah. Yeah. and okay. and i i did want to bring up uh outside of knowing a lot of music you are a podcaster as well the podcast is on hiatus. Uh, America's Realist DJs podcast. America's Ard Real. Pod. Yeah, yeah Ard. Yeah, the Ard Pod. Uh, with uh, uh, Ard. I like yeah, that. Yeah. With Low, low Beasy. Uh, you guys had so many dope guests on there. I saw Amanda Blank was on there. Yeah, she's uh, on there a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what yeah, got you friend, into podcasting? Friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Mike and I have just been like really close friends for a long time now. And one thing that's always, you know, we like through the years, we basically um, spend a lot of time, especially via text and in any real life situations, uh, trying to make the other person laugh. And so we just sort of thought like, uh, you know, let's, let's do a podcast because it was, it was kind of one, it just seemed like something we, what, what do all like men decide to do at a certain point in time to do a podcast like so uh, that, tell me about it yeah <laughs> it has to happen at some point so we started doing it um and during the pandemic we like slowed down to a crawl and did like a couple of episodes and then since then it's actually like part of my move is like i'm actually going to kind of rig my my uh my loft here my museum and we're going to start filming like, because our podcast was always just audio only, but we're going to start doing video um, and doing it from like from my couch and stuff like that. So we're going to we're going to bring the podcast back soon at some point. But uh, I don't know. I really enjoy just basically going over whatever popular culture items there are of the moment and just trying to, you know, make my friend laugh, which is mm. pretty much the whole point. Hell yeah. Yeah. Amy. Go ahead, Colin. Sorry. I think, you know, for me, when we started this, it was important. Uh, I had the angle of I wanted to document a lot that went on in the blog era and the history of that because I feel like it's starting to get written about. There's the book that just came out, um, uh, Never Be Alone Again. I And uh, 
you know, I feel like there's so much history and so many incredible acts that this generation now would swarm to, like Spank Rock, you know, like Amanda Blank, like the roots of a lot of sounds that you hear now. Sure. From artists that need to get their flowers, you know, like they simply there was so much that happened, even the rapture and stuff like that, where people are like, oh, you know, I don't know. Or if Block Party didn't translate to Gen Z or whatever. But I feel like those early era, like Scion tours and stuff like that, there's a lot of things you heard from those moments that just kind of got erased where people just don't know about it, you know? <laughs> like, right. like, and a lot of dope labels, including, uh, you know, early stuff that was out on Mad Decent, stuff that mm-hmm. was out on Trouble and Bass, like all that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just crazy to think about. And even some of the mashups and stuff from Hollerboard would be fucking huge on TikTok now. I mean, like, like, all of it was, like, documented in of that time where, like, DJ culture transitioned from vinyl to, like, MP3, too, you know? So mm-hmm. it was, like, there was only, like, one dawn, like, one time, you know? And that was yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Like, that was, like, that was kind of, like, when all this stuff was happening was sort of at that point where the trend, you know, which is, like, the embryonic stages of everything that goes on now with, like, with, with you know, different pockets of music and, and the way that it's, like, spread you know so it's like i don't I, like it's just gonna take another uh zach efron movie, <laughs> movie. i all, love zach efron like, man oh, it really hard. was a meeting i i think the blog house era was just a perfect like meeting of technology shifting yeah for sure you know? yeah. it's right in the middle it's the perfect like millennial era because it's like we all came from analog but we're going into digital social media is very young it like you know we're still in myspace just about to get into facebook so tumblr like we just have, started we yeah tumblr just all started but we still have blog spots so like people are still writing blogs and people are still reading blogs or like wordpresses yo for and, real we can never forums never- exist and so like we can burn cds which we can dj out like now it's like we're so far into the digital age yeah that like all that shit sounds almost analog now mm-hmm. so yeah. i just don't feel like it, it, it can happen again necessarily because our technology has just gone too far it can only happen it, it was so happen. diy back then there's like a I've, I, I don't know if it was a YouTube I watched or something or just some story about like new you know, kids these days are turning down smartphones and getting flip phones. So they do, you know, because if you really break it down, like there's kids that were like born with their parents having phones in their hands. And then at right. a certain age, they had an iPhone too. And a certain like, so in the same way as like DJs are just like, you know, I only DJ, you know, I'm a vinyl DJ or some kind of like a throwback way. Like maybe people are going to start to treat like this kind of like the way we you know technology is in that same sort of way where they're just kind of like maybe you know you form a a deeper connection with what's going on when you have less when it's like less easily digestible and easily obtainable than than it is right now you know yeah do you do you remember that transition when you were like i'm going off vinyl and going into serato Oh yeah. I mean, I remember it very specifically because like, it, you know, from running the store, 
and seeing, you know, the whole time things were changing and I was trying to get the store our minds to really be like, look, we have a stupid influence over people, like over all the DJs in, in like the Northeast, not just Philly, like people would come from all over to the store, but like what we have with this, we have to make available, you know, online, you know, or else this place is doomed. You know what I mean? This is like a timer before, before like things are just not relevant, you know? Mm. And, and they didn't really see the writing on the wall. And like, you know, you had like, at the time you had like a thing like turntable lab, you know, became that place because there it was, you know, like kind of like online representing a lot of these aligned sort of interests of the time. But yeah, I just like, uh, me personally, it was just like a certain point where like uh, hot, you know, if something was really hot, like it might not be on vinyl, you know, it might mm-hmm. never come on to vinyl. Like it might. So it's just like, you gotta want to get to the place where you're playing hot shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, you know, if you're trying, you know, if you're trying to be like up on like new relevant stuff. So, you know, at that point, it was like a move to like, you know, CDJs and MP3s. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, you were throwing, go ahead. Sorry, John. No, no, I was just going to say, I'm only like, at some, at a certain point in time, I probably had like 20,000 records. I don't have like less than a crate. And some of them are like records that I put out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not really like, but I, I think I'm like finally like 15 years later at some point where I, I kind of low key want to start a record collection like (laughs) you know from scratch but then i'm like what what do i want you know what is it that i want to because like i there was a certain point in time where i was like yo this spot where this fucking round petroleum over here like taking up all this space like this could be plants this could be producing oxygen in my house like i see you got the record wall behind you (laughs) but like i and like i just reached a certain point where i was like like, oh like calgon take me away like this it's like too many, too many records. Like I was moving from place to place and, you know, they got, they, they got to go with you everywhere you go. So it's just like, especially out there, man. Yeah. Mm. A lot of stairs. Like I don't, I don't miss certain aspects of it, but I do miss it in that sort of like, you know, grandparents telling their kids about how they had to go to school with like, you know, uphill both ways in the snow yeah. right. or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, just There's something have, special about it, for sure. Yeah, for sure. To have those experiences as a DJ when you used to just like, like I didn't, you know, six or eight crates in a in a cab at the end of the night, and like making sure you don't get robbed, bringing your shit back in the house. Like, yeah, I don't miss it, but I I do, you know. Yeah, like, crazy. Uh, pretty easy these days. I wanted to touch a little bit on the open format sound. It seems like it's kind of coming back around. It's always kind of been there, but there's more value now to people that can play everything. It seems like the crowds know way more music now. And I know you guys were breaking that sound out there too, but you know, you and Diplo and, and there was a lot of stuff, uh, even AM and stuff like that, where you'd hear everything. You'd hear rock, you'd hear rap, you'd hear reggae, you'd hear throughout the night. Do you feel uh, from your personal experience that the crowds have become more susceptible, more susceptible to all genres now, or they're still in their own lane? Um, 
I think it kind of, I, I feel like a lot of it just sort of depends on like the skill level of the DJ. Mm. Like, you know, the best DJs can always kind of mix in some stuff that they personally find cool as long as they know how to like throw three records that people already know, you know on before they right. throw that fourth record that people don't know and then, you know, get out of it pretty quick into something else that they know. Like, I feel like it's yeah. like kind of like, it's not something that you can kind of just sort of like give a blanket Sure. judgment too i feel like it, it kind of depends on whose hands it's in yeah you know? mm. like and, the, the level of of, of selector mm -hmm. do you but think, I think that a lot of the djs coming up these days a lot of the younger ones are like you know kind of like well versed in in probably a lot more varied and diff different sounds than mm. maybe you know because it was like you know you just I don't, I don't know years ago you just had like you had scenes you know you had like stuff you were into and it was like it was able you were there was able to be like sort of physical cultures around each of those type of scenes and nowadays when everything is just like online everything is just kind of like spread out and a little mm -hmm. more everywhere very true i always wonder mm -hmm. about scenes like that that concept and obviously none of us are teenagers anymore so i don't really know if that still like does subculture still exist in the internet age like i remember like you know we were all you know you kicked it with the skaters you did skater shit and you listened to skater shit mm -hmm. yeah. or you kicked it with punk kids and you went to punk shows and you listen to punk music or the hip-hop guys who listen to rap music and like like what are there subcultures like that anymore i wonder because like white kids are listening to, right. to rap and they're making rap and emo kids are making rap and everybody's just making rap <laughs> so i wonder yeah like if like young culture like is there subcultures like that like is it separated really like that is. or is everything kind of mashed up and then leaning in one area the reason why i don't think there really is the same way is because of actual like physical spaces for people to gather right and that's one of those things that i actually like majorly miss about that record store era is just like on a Saturday morning, like first thing in the day, like it would be like 11, 12 o'clock and the store would have like 250, 300 people in there. And like half of them were DJs that like had to get that one record that they didn't have that Friday night, the night before, you know what I mean? Because right. Like, and everybody's like gathering in one place. And it was like, almost like a, you know, like a library of sorts, but like loud, you know? And as time has gone on, there's just kind of like less and less, especially in the like post pandemic era where we all got used to just basically like being by ourselves and just, just having the internet for a good year and a half. Like, like we're just kind of like, I don't think that the subcultures are kind of like there in the same way because there's just like not kind of like the spaces and the events and places for people to physically gather. I think that, that, you know, that the space that the internet creates while at the same time bringing people together like it just it kind of leaves things open in that sort of like you know just knowing a little bit about everything kind of a space like i don't mm -hmm. think i don't i don't think i don't think people are getting together the same way i do wonder about like young dj's influences like in this age obviously i'm assuming like boiler room selection and like things like that are like obviously live probably live festival sets are a really big one 
I pro that's probably like more so what they're into if I had to be honest. Well, I, you know, I brought up that Zac Efron movie, but I I know when I was younger, I knew that I mean, it was like younger DJs that were younger than me, but I know that Juice, the movie Juice, Juice was a super big influence on people. Lots of people decided to be DJs after watching Juice, and mm. a lot of I knew I knew some kids that literally practiced those routines from the movie, like you know what I mean, like. All the shout out payment like, shout out payment that's literally what yeah, he said just, last episode yeah <laughs> really yeah yeah he was yeah. like yeah. you started yeah. and i learned that routine but yeah. then somebody else the episode so, before that said that too yeah. right a lot so of now, people, yeah. check this out now it's 20 years later and who knows maybe that zachary zach efron 120 8pm music i mean movie maybe that influenced these younger kids that we're talking about who knows crazy what got them into it but like it might like, have been that's funny. their juice that's their juice, bro. What a, what would that be? that sounds horrible, but at the same time, like that's just what time does when it marches on. You know what else? Boiler room sets. I was gonna say yeah. K Tronada's boiler room set, I think, is a lot of kids. Yeah. But that that even translated to people over 25 too, where you're like, that's the closest in my mind, that's the closest to what the blog era and all of that, like justice and all of that, that we'll ever see ever again. Yeah, I think so. it's like that glimpse right there. Mm-hmm. I think also I, uh, Sha- Shaq being like a very excited, yes, excitable, uh, yes, excitable uh, trap trap EDM DJ. Like, yeah, and just like going on record, not not that saying it's like that big an influence, but just like DJing has been raised like the like you know people kind of like jokingly look at DJs as like on some like you know, right there with influencers and other like useless jobs, you know, like the joke about like all these, like, is there a doctor? No, I'm a DJ. I'm a DJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if you were Shaquille O'Neal and have like four NBA championships and all of this stuff, and then you tell people like, cause like when they ask Shaq about DJing, he's like, yo, that's when I'm DJing to a crowd, like that's like the same feeling, the same mm-hmm. rush, same adrenaline mm-hmm. as I felt when I was playing like basketball better than anybody in the world. Like, mm-hmm. and like that indescribable kind of like, well, he described it pretty well, but like that level of like the serotonin burst that you can get from uh, DJing at a high level and stuff. And like, I don't think people are ever going to stop chasing that. Like, it's a really, it's a really, uh, it's, it's, it's always kind of like an exciting, like feeling you just, you don't get it from that many Right. you know what I mean you don't get to connect with people you don't get to influence people you know you're like I don't know yeah, if you weird, guys haven't watched go ahead and watch the uh sorry Colin uh just real quick uh go ahead and watch the boys of 98 uh when they go to LSU for the LSU Alabama game and Shaq was uh the DJ uh for the pep rally and it was just absolutely Lit. insane Absolutely. I'm still so wait, like wait, from, 90, from back in from 98. Is that what you said? No. Okay. The boy, the boys of 98. That's oh, the, uh, it's a YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, check his DJ in 98. That would have been crazy. Imagine Dropping that. dubstep bombs in 1998. No, was... 1998. <laughs> wasn't he? I love the fact that that is like, but I do love the fact that like EDM trap and dubsteps is, uh, and like just big drop, like crazy womp womp stuff is like Shaq's bag. Right. Like, it's like a sound that like Loki died in 2016. Kind of played, yeah. But, like, but at the same time, like it still exists. There's still like people that are into it, but like, and it still fucking rocks the shit out of like EDM festivals and raves and shit like that. But like yeah. that just like that's like a perfect sound for hit hit to be like 
Shaq's thing. You know what I mean? Like, and it may, it makes know, makes Shaq, that sound Shaq, comfortable. There's yeah, your Shaq, there's Shaq. your scene question, Neek. That's a whole fucking scene over That's there. That's a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. That's a scene. That's a scene. Bass music, trap, duh, uh, step, all that stuff. Like, that is a fucking scene. And, it, and, and, he, guys, and Shaq makes time. it comfortable for for black DJs to get into that too, mm-hmm. and and it makes it so that so that we're not feeling insecure when we put on those songs and we get those looks from other black people. Yeah, like I, yo, what the fuck are you playing? Episode. Mm. That is a whole episode. It is. It really is. Shaq the hero. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, no, for real. Like, I, like, I, real, I, real talk. I, I, I know laugh that at Shaq like, a little kind bit, of a but joke, I but kind of fuck with that. No, ser- seriously, like it. Watching watching him do that makes me feel a little less insecure about putting on those songs. Because you like you like bass music. I like all music. And I know yeah, you. Pay, I, want, I know you want to yeah. play. I know because we, we talk about like we'll talk about Skrillex. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really in, but you're in. Yeah, you guys are in. <laughs> I like, and, a, I love a lot of like fucking shit that wants to peel my face off. Like music is just like heavy as fuck that just right. like dance music and stuff. So like it, you know, even like the actual sounds of it will morph and stuff through the years, but still the bottom line is like crazy, go out of your mind type, mm-hmm. like wild, like get in the pit fun. type of shit like that. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah. And I just, yeah. I, I, I've, I've always just been enamored by the fact that it was like of all the sounds for like, to be associated with the big diesel like that's like that's the shit that he's into and I, I don't it's know, so funny to associate me really happy about, about but it. yeah and, it, and it's happy it's happy music too it makes people feel good so many times we're playing we're playing hip-hop man and it's just like you're a fight's happening shoot them yeah. up let's take yeah. some drugs let's fuck this right. bitch you know like let's just be this dude you know it's like, never just, like let me get give me some happiness like give me some emotions you know that's why i like to play those in during the hip-hop sets because i want to put a pin in that because i I like let's do that i like that conversation black (laughs) djs playing any honestly music anything other than hip-hop and r&b yeah carl cox thank you carl cox thank you carl cox thank thank you um um gordo like come on joe touched on something very uh inadvertently it was interesting that you can hear the evolution of dubstep because mm. I remember right when mm. that shit broke, Benga Night was like the biggest song. They're like, oh, we're playing Benga Night and it's going to get rewound. Or Scream's remix of In For The Kill. Mm. When that came on, people were like, what is mm-hmm. this? Like, there was no Shazam. There was no this, no that. It was just, this is dubstep breaking into America. Mm-hmm. This predates Skrillex. This predates all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty fucking chill. If you go back and listen to it, like it's just it's it's UK, you yeah. know, UK yeah. does yeah. it. Of course, uh, yeah. America, North, North America, North America, put that shit in the blender. Yeah, said, this I did. Yeah, this I did. Yeah, agro aspects of it. Yeah, the Wachowski yeah. brothers are like, all right, this is this is what we're gonna roll with for the major yeah. the next yeah. ten years. Yeah, you know, but it, it's it's wild to see that evolution to now where we have Shaq 
just dropping fucking bombs. Every song is just, and it's not happy, Trav. The Shaq shit's just womp, like you're getting stepped on by an elephant. Man, it's like, happy though, man, because you see the crowd, man. Everybody's jumping up and now everybody's happy. You the don't crowd's see any happy. Girls yeah, they're not shooting, beating each other's ass. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's loud, it's yeah, heavy. It's basically right. a metal show, you yeah. know? It's basically yeah. roundabout. Yeah. Uh, Joe, we have a couple questions we always ask uh, to kind of tidy things up uh before we send you on your way i'm gonna pass it over to neek real quick so what we like to do around these parts is set our friends up with fast food endorsement meals um what i would like to know joe is where is your meal and what is it my fast food genos it's got to be your fast food endorsement now so this the is dirty south be- joe meal it can't it can't be tony luke's yeah, it's, so it's got to be, it could oh, be. Right. So this is like the Travis Scott meal, but my version of that. Boom. Yes. Bingo. The sweetie meal. Um, yes. And, know. you know, it well, could be it could be national or global, and it could be regional, like in and out for us. Well, there's only one, there's only one place in the world where um, that's going to get my endorsement like that, and it's been treating me. I've been a vegetarian for like 30 years. Okay. So the one place that's always been very, very, uh, agreeable with my with, with vegetarians it's taco bell boom and so my 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 meal my 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 taco bell meal the dirty south joe taco bell meal is definitely going to be a uh a veggie mexican pizza um a cheesy gordita crunch with beans instead of meat mm. um and two bean burritos and no onions and a mm, whole bunch fire. of hot sauce packets we're good okay what are we, what are we drinking uh we're drinking I mean, I guess they're like, they're like, I mean, they're Pepsi people. So I guess mm-hmm. we're just drinking a Pepsi. Okay. Cool. Just a regular Run Pepsi. it. Run it. We're here for that. Trav. Okay. We are developing our DJ biopic cinematic universe, like the Marvel cinematic universe and like the newly formed DC universe, which doesn't sound that hot to me right now. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> with this DJ biopic cinematic universe, who is playing Dirty South Joe? Oh shit. So, man. So, you know, being that even more of a uh, personal influence over those particular universes you mentioned would be like the anime world. I want the person that's playing me to, uh, to be this um, idealized, ver- not idealized, but a, but a different, you know, warrior version of myself that maybe is a little, you know, outside of who, who I actually am. So I want, I guess the, the biggest action star in the world, the rock to play me. <laughs> Hell Has yeah. anybody said that yet? No one because said the rock. Yes. Said the rock Dwayne yet. John. yes. 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 Like, now, look, don't get me wrong. Like of the three major WWE, uh, wrestlers that turned into actors i think cena's the best actor okay followed by bautista and then the rock i like that but i like that but the one that i want playing me because you know of his his stature right because because i want the one playing me to be like the goku of actors and so that's the rock right yeah Mm. fucking Mm. rock man which um bautista is in a new movie coming out that's coming out this week uh called Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, mm. yes. And really? reports are out that Batista steals the absolute show in that movie. 
I mean, so, I want to frame also, a picture of the rock like, in my home. No disrespect to my Philly brethren, but like it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. So there's a very, very good chance that it is total fucking garbage. But, <laughs> 100%. That part. That part. 100%. Um, that being said, I'm, the reviewers are saying that don't, you don't have to wait for the, the twist at the end. It's, no. it's different. It's a different movie. Different. Thank God. Movie. So he, can I just, I want to make a statement about the guy. Go ahead. I think M. Night Shyamalan's overrated. I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm with you. No. I'm with you. But Unbreakable was amazing. Everything Fire. else is super mid. Split. Mr. Glass, mid. Split. Mr. Glass, Mr. Mid. Split was I thought stupid. Split was amazing. Oh, man. You like that? I got to watch Split again. I don't know. Uh, I, I just feel it. like. I think I was just annoyed by James McAvoy and the whole thing. Fair. I, just, I, I recently saying. watched Signs. And like, oh, oh don't get me started on science. Wait, you're telling me this alien race came down here? Right. You can't stop them and everything, but a little water. And they don't like water. They don't like water. A little yeah. water. Oh mm. shit, they weren't. Like ready that's for all water. our planet is. Yeah. That's all that we are. Every yeah. bit of us. That, and also to find out that the signs, the crop circles, are navigational. So they made a bunch in right. Bucks County, which I'm sure you find hilarious that it's in Bucks County, and well, because M Night Shyamalan's from Philly. So all, okay. all of his movies are going to have a Philly reference to it. And so, but then they were all over what India or something like that. So they just made like, but all like over, from they were all <laughs> over the Middle East, and then just this isolated, yeah. weird county in one, yeah, in yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah, like some little girl that's got some kind of weird ADD water disorder. Mm-hmm. Like and then the one person that fucking you know I mean? the like, one guy who who killed his. Kills the main character's wife on accident, happens to catch the alien, is fucking M. Night Shyamalan. Like, yeah. yeah. The real fucking, like, plot, like, glue of the whole movie is the fucking director. Yeah. Yeah. And he, oh my God, it's so whack. I'm going to be honest, like, I don't know how long I'm going to live on, you know, in this in this lifetime but i i'm pretty sure that i don't have a like an hour and a half to two hours to spend on cabin in the woods i don't think i have it in me i think there's other things i want to do in my time yeah. it's a like, book it is sure. a book adaptation though really so, so that so that's new an original for, story yeah that's new for m night Shyamalan because i don't I, think he's done many book adaptations yeah as long as it's not like some original you right. can't fuck it up they don't allow him to fuck it up but have you guys seen servant on apple plus uh-uh. So Servant is uh, M. Night Shyamalan's TV show that is very, very, very good. Mm. His his daughter is actually one of the main directors for the TV show. So that's why I think it's good because he I wonder, is it just because he thinks he's Stanley Kubrick? I don't know. Say what? I, I think the early like praise they gave him early in his career has completely fucked him up. Well, I mean, I also think like the nature of what The Sixth Sense was, which was like, don't get me wrong, Sixth Sense was a great movie. I mean, and the first time you watch it and the twist, it's awesome. Incredible. But I think the nature of his like first movie being based on like 75% of the success of the movie or 80, 90 was just on that twist. The twist. And I think that that made him just like, I'm the twist guy for like the rest of his career. Yeah, and it became a cliche. Yeah, Yeah, and then it just became more and more like, preposterous and ridiculous and then that whole leap of you know logic that says that the aliens come to earth and don't account for the water in the atmosphere that shit really just made me angry and since <laughs> then i've just been like kind of hating but Stupid i do like plot point. he does have really 
he does have great ticket. I mean, he does have great floor seats for the Sixers games. So good for him. Mm. Mm. I'm hey, really sorry that to, at the tail end of our show had to be M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> All right, sorry. you got any Allen Iverson stories? I wish I've never met Allen Iverson. Have you ever? Have you been to a playoff game? Uh, I've been to one. I went to a Sixers Heat playoff game mm-hmm. in like I want to say like five or six years ago. Mm. But Super Bowl predictions. Oh, Eagles. Okay. <laughs> no birds. Okay. I mean, like, hey, by the I did, way, I did, I did, I did, I did go to the Super Bowl. That was my first Eagles game. Oh, shit. Oh, 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 did yeah, you really? And I, and I, DJ'd, I did. I DJed the after party with with Diplo. Um, oh and, damn! And Cardi B, and that was cool because we were in the same ballroom where they actually like devised and practiced like the Philly special play, which was, oh like, yeah, you know, secretly behind closed doors. But um, <clears> but yeah, that was like a. That was a that was a wild and crazy 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 adventure. Actually, getting to the Super Bowl, and you you guys got time for this? Story? Yeah, hundred. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. First of all, you know I'm in Philly. I've got a connecting flight to Minneapolis. That's where the Super Bowl was when the Eagles played the Patriots. Um, the 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 connecting flight was in Chicago. You know, it's obviously February. Um, I get to Chicago. Just the way things were working time wise, everything was cutting it close to get to the game. You know. So next thing you know, Chicago, just like the worst weather in the world, um, there's blizzards going on and flights are getting canceled left and right, including my flight. First flight gets canceled. Second one that I get, you know, on standby for that one's postponed, blah, 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 on and on. Now it's looking really bad. It's looking like realistically, because mind you, once I get to Minneapolis, I actually had to take a car or whatever and go to this one like Airbnb on the way where my ticket was waiting <laughs> under waiting under the pillow of like this Airbnb from some, some of Diplo's friends that were coming from LA. Like, you know, it was just like a thing, but those guys were already at the game, but me running late, I got all this stuff to do. So I'm really estimating that at, my best bet is I'm going to make it at like the end of the third quarter and catch maybe a quarter of the game, you know, like, and that's just like, that's just like on a prayer because I'm like 21st on standby for this one particular flight. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm really like, oh man, it was like a freaking, just like the flight alone was like 1300 bucks or something, which was like a lot of freaking money for, you know, to flight to Minnesota. Mm. Um, and I'm just sitting there thinking I'm going to just get stuck watching the Super Bowl in O'Hare airport, you know, in Chicago. It just seemed like it was, things were looking, looking pretty bleak. So the wildest coincidence was, the day before in Pakistan, in Islamabad, they had a mad decent block party. Mad decent block party, <laughs> Islamabad. And the wildest thing was, of, like Diplo was already booked to play the Eagles after party, win or lose. Like mm. we're still gonna, you know, he's, he's the DJ for the after party. And he wanted, you know, and, and, and so he got, you know, a handful of tickets and invited some friends to just like, yo, come to the Super Bowl, you know? And he wanted me to, come with him in DJ too, because he knew that like, I would have songs that the team, like people on the team wanted that he didn't know about, you know, cause mm. it would just be like new hip hop shit and things like, you know, and, and certain Chief Keef and Uzi songs that he didn't have at the time, you know, mm. whatever. Uh, so the craziest thing is like of all the connecting flights in the world from Pakistan to Minneapolis, okay, I see, he just starts, I see him just like in the hallway coming towards my gate and he was on that same flight. So him, just him and his tour manager. And this guy came all the way from Pakistan. He's on the same flight. So then 
somehow, even though I was like 21st on the standby list, I got on that flight. We, you know, we, we fly into Minneapolis. He's got a car waiting for him. We cruise by the Airbnb, which is basically on the way to the stadium, drive literally into the stadium, you know, like inside it because he was like a special guest. We missed most of the, I mean, some of the first quarter, but still like kind of got there for the whole thing. DJ, you know, then of course, like I said, we win the Super Bowl, first Super Bowl ever in Philly's history. We DJ the after party. It's, uh, I had my flight the next day to come back home was at like one o'clock, but he, it's like 6 a.m. I wake up on like the couch in his, uh, in his hotel room and he's like, hey, we're, we're taking a flight to, to New York. Like, you want to come? And I'm just like working out the time and everything. I'm like, yeah. So, so we take the PJ to New York City and then I jump from the private jet to the Chinatown bus. The next thing you know, I'm back in Philly, like in my house by like 12.30, one in the afternoon, the next day with this whole insane whirlwind of all this, like winning the Super Bowl, playing the after party, kissing the Lombardi trophy, you know, taking a picture with Cardi B, all this shit going on, the private jet to the Chinatown bus. And then I'm like back in my house. And I was just like, it was literally the most like pinch me to this really happen. All of this happened within like a 18 to 20 hour period of time, not even a full 24 hours. You know what I mean? Just like, it was just really crazy. But, uh, and, so I, and I really, and like, if he, if he wasn't on that same flight coming from Pakistan, uh, I don't, I don't think I would have like, I don't know. It wouldn't have been the same. I would have right. there at the end of the game. So the, the private jet to the Chinatown bus is you're probably the only person that's ever done that. Yeah. Private jet to the, <laughs> private jet to the Chinatown bus is like kind of like a, a metaphor for my life. <laughs> Yo. Like that's, Yo. that's, that's how I, that's, that's who I am. It, that it, is so funny. That's the clip right there, to be honest. That's with you. It. The Chi- yeah. That is yeah. We can't do better than that. That's no, fucking legendary. Uh, Joe, before we roll out, um, I wanted to get one song from you yeah. for our Spotify playlist. It can be anyone as long as they're on Spotify. Whatever you're feeling right now, one song to add. One song to add. Um, well, just in case nobody's added it and it just as a as a time capsule of like the the biggest song in my world right now, it's Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah, I just want to rock. rock. Hell yeah. yeah. I don't Hell think yeah. anybody has anybody used that yet? Not yet. So. All right, Not well, yet. you know what I mean? Then there it is. There it is. So I played the low B I played the low B edit last night oh, yeah, yeah. with Dreams and Nightmares. Um and the club sound system, the power went out. So uh, right when it goes into yeah, do, 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 it cuts and the club is full, wall to wall, elbow to elbow. So it was about five to ten minutes for them to get the power back on to the whole DJ booth, the whole video wall, everything. They had everything running on one power strip. That's another story for another episode. You know while, what? Hey, while Colin, me- I asked him the same question when I played there. Uh, Two Saturdays ago. Wild move. I know. And <laughs> were, you, were you DJing on the Chinatown bus or was this <laughs> basically from the PJ basically. to the Chinatown basically. bus? Basically. And and it, no one left. We got lucky. No one left. Everyone stood there in dark for about five to ten minutes. No one booed, no nothing. And I was like, 
pinch me my life you know i'm like i got fucking lucky on this one so i hit up low b today and i said this edit's fucking cursed what did you give me <laughs> i said it shut down all the power to the whole fucking club right as uh i just want to rock came in so but I, I like i like his i like his comment back to you oh the clean version's available the clean version's <laughs> available now <laughs> yeah. oh yo i need do? that yeah. i need that yeah. Yeah, be careful. But the, the clean version of Apple, like, you would have power would have yeah. been fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it might, it might have stayed on if you played the clean version. Yeah. God damn! Every time something <laughs> cursed at it. Uh, Joe, let people know where they can find you on all social media and any projects you got coming up. Uh, you can find me on well Instagram, which is my main uh, thing that I mess around with, and that's uh, DS Joe D E U X DS Joe D. Um, and then Twitter DS Joe. Uh, where I don't know, I don't really tweet, mm. but uh, and SoundCloud, uh, Dirty South Joe, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary. Legend. Thank you, it's been a fucking Legend. honor, man. Hold on, did we give him his flowers yet? No, so let's do it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, let's do yeah, it yeah, right yeah. now. So, the 505 Joe. podcast florist is open right now, and yeah. <laughs> Joe, we want to give you your flowers, man. Yeah. You're a yeah. legend, bro. For yeah, years. Thank you. For years. Years, years, years and years man. and years. Uh, and and are you bringing back Mad Decent Monday anytime soon? Because that needs to happen. It does. I don't uh, know. Think about it. Um, I mean, I, I, I think about it a lot. But then I'm also like, no disrespect, but like Mad Decent as a wave, as a label, is just like not really doing too much that i even know what they're doing right now so <laughs> right right yeah you know i mean like right. if i do something new on a monday i'm gonna I'll probably do something new hell I yeah do, i do have a new uh a new event called uh sturdy popping off soon where we are bridging the gap oh the dance. okay we go it's like dedicated to dancers and it's like it's like bridging the gap between this like club music and blicking like culture uh. and b-boy and b-girl culture because yeah. Um, I, I feel like those things can come together in a, in a beautiful harmony and, uh, you know, be just like, just given, given the dancers freedom to get loose mm. uh, in, a, in a safe space, as they say. That term hey. getting sturdy really separated a lot of people in the age gap. That's when a lot of people realize like, woo, getting a little <laughs> washed, getting a little washed if you don't know what that one is. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, real, real quick, are we are we taking a PJ out to uh, Glendale, Arizona next week? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm still okay. I'm still on standby right now. Um, right. I'm, I'm still on, <laughs> if I, not, I, the Chinatown bus I've is been, an option. I've been I've been texting the guy. I've been like, you know, I I do know that uh, Michael Rubin is having a fanatics party the night before. So, okay. which that makes sense. You know, you, Saturday night. The one that like Travis Scott and Jay Balvin and Lil Baby and Chainsmokers, I think, are the headliners. Okay. Mm. Now, and and I know that, yeah, but but I don't know about like the Eagles after party on that Super Bowl Sunday. I'm still waiting to see. And, Shoot, uh, if Michael Rubin's doing a party, man, good God, Jay's probably going to be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the one thing about musically with going on with this whole Super Bowl this year is. The half is Rihanna is yeah. doing halftime, man, and I'm like, like, that's like the first time we get to deal with Rihanna and music in like a good like what seven eight years now. Yeah, yeah. Six years. Yeah. And whenever Anti came out, that was so long ago, and yeah, like she, you know, she, she had the she had the ballads on the uh, 
on the Wakanda Forever soundtrack, but that's not this. That doesn't count. You know, no, what we want it. Forced out of retirement on that one. Where's the mythical dancehall album that we're talking right. about four, four years ago? Like, where's all of it? Like, but at least you're gonna perform. Like, that's exciting. You know what's funny is, as soon as Rihanna announced that she was gonna be performing the Super Bowl, we all, all of a sudden saw Party Next Door pop up and put out some songs. <laughs> Rihanna been having that dude in hiding lately, so. Yeah, I think it's funny the DJs that were like, I don't care what she puts out, whatever it is, I'm going to play it. And then that song came out and they're like, I was wrong. Shoot, I, I was wrong. Maybe I not played that it one. and turned it off real quick. I'm like, I can't play this in the club, You would man. play that. Get out of here. Oh, my God. Unless there's any I tried to put a beat on it, too? No. No. Put the tipsy drums underneath yeah. it. Get out of here, <laughs> dork. <laughs> yep. Get out of here. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, uh, uh. It's good like, now. That's the tipsy drums. Get out of here. Yeah, the tipsy drums. Yeah. Uh, I think, gentlemen, unless there's any outstanding questions, comments, complaints, concerns, we will wrap it up. Joe, thank you a million, man. Right, thank you so much. Thank you. Such a good time. We'll see y'all next week with another surprise guest. Until then, peace. Peace. peace.